morning, good afternoon, and it's the evening for me. Usually I sound real excited right now. I have a story to tell, something happy to talk about. But this episode is dedicated. You already know I'm big blue all day. This episode is really dedicated to the Giants fans that are listening right now. It's uh, 1.03 a.m. I know you're not supposed to say the time. It's 1.03 a.m. after the draft. I was watching the draft at my buddy Eric's house. And um, came home. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I, I had a couple. I, I partook in a couple drinks. And it's and I, when I say drinks, it's more so. If you're a giant fan right now, you feel like you paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a Honda Accord. That's not even fully loaded. Like if you're paying two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You expecting a, a, a luxurious word to come out of my mouth? Bugatti, Maybach, Ferrari, or an Italian word that you don't even hear, but you got to Google it. And you're like, oh, I never even heard of that type of car. But if I were to tell you I bought a Honda for $250,000, you would look at me and say, word, how many? break this down so as the Giants as the draft took place tonight with the first pick in the 2019 NFL draft the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray quarterback Oklahoma second pick San Francisco 49ers select Nick Bosa defensive end Ohio State the Jets select Quinnen Williams a player who if who he fell to the Giants, I thought they would take. And this is a player at four I didn't think was going to go this high, and I thought the Giants could get this player at 17. Defensive end, Clellan Farrell from Clemson. If you don't know who he is, Google his highlights against Alabama. <laughs> He's number 99. Enough said. Devin White. Goes five, linebacker out of LSU, goes at number five to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For me, from all the reports that were being said, it felt as though Devin White or Josh Allen, it was between those two and whomever was available, the Giants really wanted Josh Allen, but they would settle for Devin White. So you're like, oh, man, the guy who they wanted to settle for was already drafted. With the sixth pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the New York football Giants select Daniel Jones, quarterback, Duke. We're not talking basketball with Zion Williamson we're not talking Duke lacrosse where you you got kids from Long Island, New York, 
going to Duke to play lacrosse. They're more known for lacrosse and basketball than they are for football. And I'm not saying that this kid is garbage, Daniel Jones. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, Josh Allen, who many felt was a top three player in this draft, in terms of it was Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa, and Josh Allen. Both Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams were gone. This defense that the Giants had needs a lot of help. The offense isn't terrible. You need to fix the offensive line, and I'm not going to say any names, but we know who's in this last year and this upcoming year. Thank you very much, number 10. And we need to replace that position. But in saying that, the quarterback that the Giants drafted was a player that potentially could have been available at 17 or maybe because you know me the life that I've lived I'm an optimist and I look for the positive in every situation before I go back to me talking about how I'm an optimist let's talk about our quarterback here Mr. Daniel Jones all right all right Daniel Jones 65220 out of Duke. The prospect grade, and I'm and I'm not making this up. I'm going off of the report that I'm getting off of NFL.com. They literally have a grade, and this is where I'm getting my information. I'm just reading this off because I can't. I understand. Hold the emotion in. I'm the host of this show. I can't be too emotional. So I need to speak as though. I need to be an entertainer. You know what it feels like? I'm not trying to change the topic. It feels like that real friend of yours that said, look, come to the club. I work the door. I'm going to get you in the VIP. And you show up with your date. You got that nice smell of cologne. And your girl or your date is looking real sexy. And he's like, yo, come on in. And you cut the line. And you're like, yeah, buddy. And he gets you into VIP. But it's like, he gets you to like the the the, the McDonald's section or a size table of VIP. Not like the, I don't know. It, it, it The prospect, I'm sorry. I don't know where I was going with that. The prospect, prost grade on Daniel Jones is 5.81 and the reason why that's important because I'm going to tell you the grading system that they have in the NFL 4 is a chance to make NFL training camp 5 is you have a 50 you have a chance to make a roster okay Daniel Jones grade was 5.81 in the NFL grading system that they have, he has a chance, a chance to become an NFL starter. Not should become an NFL starter, not Pro Bowl caliber player, not Pro Bowl caliber caliber style player, not future All-Pro or perennial All-Pro or once in a lifetime. He has a chance to become a starter. 
When you're drafting a player in the first round, you don't draft somebody that you think is going to be a starter. You're drafting somebody that you believe is going to be that dude. You're not drafting somebody hoping that this dude is going to be okay. You drafted somebody that you're going to expect to be that dude. Last year, we drafted Saquon Barkley to the Giants. Although I disagreed with the pick, Saquon Barkley is that dude. I thought they should have went with the quarterback, but Saquon Barkley is that dude at his position. That's who you draft when you're drafting, especially in the top five picks, man. When you're drafting that high, you're drafting a player that you want to see seven, eight, nine, ten teenagers, people in their 20s. You want to see that player's jersey across the stadium. The way you saw Odell Beckham jerseys, the way you see Eli Manning jerseys, I understand he's not playing great right now, but people still respect what he's done for the organization. The way you you did see Odell Beckham jerseys. You got Saquon Barkley jerseys. And then you drafting a quarterback that is projected to have a chance to be a starter. Let's go through. I like to look at what they can't do before we can look at what they could do. Let's look at what he can't do. Thin in his lower body, meaning that he has skinny legs. You can work on that by hitting the gym and doing some squats. Has 12 batted balls down at the line of scrimmage in 2018. That's nitpicking. That's almost like saying, you know, you could have done your tie a little bit better. Okay. Benefited from heavy play action slash RPO scheme. Look, there are quarterbacks today that still benefit from that. Incessant padding of the ball through progressions. Coaching could get that out of your system. Good coaching. Waits an extra step before cutting it loose too often. He that, that tells me right there that he needs to, and I hope he can get up to speed with how fast it's going to happen because you can't wait an extra step because an extra step will get you picked off. Average release speed slowed by small windup. That's basically saying he has an average arm. I will say this. I like a quarterback with a strong arm, but I would rather have a quarterback with an accurate arm and is a smart quarterback because it's nice having a strong arm, but if you don't know what to do with it, what good is it? Tom Brady didn't have a strong arm, but yet I see him passing to guys wide open down the field all the time. He attempts to throw into some impossible windows. That I kind of like only because I understand the impossible windows, but the fact that he's willing to take that chance, that shows me that he's a risk taker. And sometimes you need to have a quarterback that's willing to put that ball up there to give his his quarterback, I mean his receiver or the team, an opportunity to win. Needs to work ahead of schedule more often on the next level, meaning that he's slow going through the progressions. That's something that he's going to need to work on because playing against the ACC, 
yes, there's Florida State. Yes, there is Clemson. He wasn't shining against those teams. Okay? I mean, Wake Forest demolished Duke. And he had 145 yards and a touchdown against Wake Forest. He succumbs to off-platform tosses rather than working into better positioning. Basically, you can work through coaching with that because what that means is that his technique isn't good, so he's not on balance when he's throwing the ball. He's showing He shows willingness to throw it up for grabs rather than take a sack. Once again, I like a quarterback that's willing to take a risk like that because we all know Eli Manning. There's two things that he'll do. He'll either one... If, he, if the offensive line is not going to block, he will get in the fetal position on the floor within two seconds. Like, before you can even get to him, he's already on the, on the ground with his thumb in his mouth like, don't tackle me. Or, as we've seen before, he if it's one-on-one down the field, he can and will put that up there for Victor Cruz, Odell Beckham, Hakeem Nix, Mario Manningham. Remember those days where he would just throw it up there on those. And luckily, our guy came down with it. Loose ball handling and face of pressure, which leads to fumbles. Basically, that's coaching where he needs to have better pocket presence and better ball handling skills. Now, this is what I don't like. Too much bravado as a runner took too many licks when slides or dashes out of bounds. Basically, that's like RG3, where he would be running straight up, and I saw the highlights. This guy, Daniel Jones, will stand straight up and take on linebackers, DBs, and safeties, and they have him eyed up, ready to sit there and light him up, and he'll take that hit, and RG3 showed either slide or get out of bounds. It's not worth it. If he doesn't do that, I hope, He's not out of the league in three years due to injuries similar to an RG3. Strengths. Benefited from quarterback guru David Cutcliffe, who coached at Duke, who was another person's coach. We'll get to that later on in this episode. He did more with less at the skill positions. I'm not going to lie. When you go to Duke, you're not going to Duke to sit there and say, I'm going to the NFL. You're going to Duke to basically go to school for free and get an education from Duke. He was he was a quick worker through progressions. Now, maybe he progressed quickly and he second-guessed himself because he was maybe not sure of himself. That's what that sounds like to me. Early recognition of deep opportunities that feathers throws into the target. Okay, basically what that's telling me is Dudes are wide open down the field, and he tried to be too cute, or he doesn't have the arm strength to get it down the field. Now, what I do like is that he adjusts pre-snap plan to blitz and exploit hot read opportunities. So what that lets me know is, is that when he comes to the line of scrimmage, he recognizes the defense, he sees what he, where the pressure is coming from the defense, and he can call the protection and knows where to go with the ball if there's a blitz coming and the deep pass or whomever he expects to be open is not open. That I like. Very cerebral. He's a consistent footworker from the pocket and with feet following eyes, meaning that he's fundamentally sound. And hey, look, if you're not highly talented with with special gifts, you always fall back on your fundamentals. Outstanding accuracy. I like that. 
uses the fastball when needs it, but generally throws with touch. What's that telling me? Throw your fastball, that 99 fastball, and it's really coming in at 85 miles an hour. Courage to hang in the pocket to throw deep and despite his impending hit. That lets me know that he has heart. Completion percentage was hurt by a high drop rate. That lets me know that he's accurate. He knows how to get the ball on schedule and on time, but his guys are dropping the ball. That's not going to happen that much in the NFL. He displays a fear for pressure off the edge. I like that because that lets me know that if he's smart enough to know where the blitz is coming from and he can actually say, okay, I know the blitz is coming from here. I'm going to actually give a chance to this guy to get open. But if he's not open, I feel this guy coming on my backside. Let me get rid of it real quick. I like that. He's a good athlete with scrambling ability to move the chains. But then we also said that he likes to leave with his shoulder something else could get hurt. That's gift and the curse right there. Slick pocket slider with ability to keep searching for target or flee for yardage. So basically what that's saying to me is, is that he's a little mobile in the pocket and he can extend the play. Ladies and gentlemen, let's really talk biz right now. This guy went to the Eli Manning passing camp. This guy was tutored under Eli Manning for who knows how many years. Okay? Is Eli Manning running this draft where Eli Manning was the guy that said, look, if y'all draft him, I'm cool with that. I like that decision because I know he doesn't have what it takes. And after next year, you guys might want to think about signing me for an extension. No, I don't think Eli would do that. Or their thoughts out there, why did they pass on Dwayne Haskins? And there are people out there saying, look, the Giants were the last organization in the NFL to start a black quarterback, whom it happened to be Geno Smith, to end Eli Manning's streak. And people are actually going in the route of saying, hey, why did Giants pass on the black quarterback, B? Why y'all never like starting black quarterback? What's wrong with some color in the backfield? Look, there's I I I I I, I do that, that that's a valid point. I mean, you want to get the player whom you feel is the most talented player. Why that hasn't happened for the Giants? I don't know. I mean, it leads you. That's a good question. That's a good question. But prior to Eli Manning, were there black quarterbacks available that the Giants should have taken? I don't know. I know in today's climate, it's an issue. Now, why they didn't take Dwayne Haskins, who went 15 to the Washington Redskins? I'm posing this thought to you that I'm. Throwing around in my head. Friend brought this up to me. What if the Giants said to themselves, we see Kyler Murray as the number one quarterback in this draft. We see Daniel Jones as the second best quarterback in this draft. And after that, we don't see another quarterback that's worthy of a first round grade. Because... Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, 
and Dwayne Haskins were the only quarterbacks taken in the first round. So what if the Giants sat there and said, Dwayne Haskins for us does not have a first round grade because there are rumors out there now circulating that the Patriots would not have let Daniel Jones slide by them if he were available at the end of the first round. There are also other rumors saying that if Dwayne Haskins were taken prior to where the Redskins drafted him, that the Redskins were completely fine with taking Daniel Jones. Now, did the Giants hear these rumors and get a little spooked? And as a Giant fan, you know, for the past couple of years, and we don't know how many years in a row now, players have been getting stolen in the draft through leaks. So maybe the Giants felt like, look, he's available. Why wait at 17? Where maybe that's where he should be get drafted. And we're going to take him at six because we know all these other teams are interested in him. And he might not be available. Or a team like the Patriots or the Redskins might trade up and get this guy. That's my optimism coming in right there. As I said before, I'm a, I'm an optimist, so I'm thinking, is that what the Giants are thinking? That this guy could be the real deal. Tom Brady wasn't drafted high. Drew Brees wasn't drafted high. Aaron Rodgers wasn't drafted high. So when you sit there and you're drafting a quarterback, you can't sit there and say all these guys have to be the, a top five pick. Carson Wentz, he's had some injury problems, but when he's been healthy, he's been very effective for the Philadelphia Eagles. He went to North Dakota State. So that wasn't even a big-time program. It was more so, can he play in the NFL, let alone be successful? Now, this David Cutcliffe guy is a quarterback guru who happens to be Peyton Manning's quarterback coach, Eli Manning's quarterback coach. So you know what's really going on, right? This guy went to Eli Manning's summer camp, quarterback camp. David Cutcliffe is probably giving the Giants, like, look, he could really do this. He could really do that. This is what he really can't do, and this is what he really can't do. This is what he really can do, and this is what he really, really could do. You know that's those are the conversations that were going on. But when you look at the draft with Josh Allen being there and being a top three player in the NFL right now, are the Giants a stagnant team? Are they a team that is unwilling to be progressive? Because when you look at some of the draft classes that the Giants had, we discussed this when I had my guest, Chris Sheeran, Joe, for my job. Talk about some of these draft classes that aren't even on the Giants anymore. They're not even on the roster. So they're drafting players. It's almost like they say, yo, who do y'all think we should draft? All right, bet. Let's go with that. Like, you know, sometimes when you've gone out for the evening and you go some, to some place and you don't know what to eat and it's not a fast food joint. And you sit there and say to the waiter, what's good here? This is good. All right, I'll get that. You don't even know what you're ordering. You're just going off of somebody else's opinion based on you think and you don't know if you're going to even like that. Because if you're making a progressive decision, you know that nowadays in the NFL, 
Yes, you need to have a quarterback. You don't want to be a quarterback, hell. But you need to have edge rushers or guys that can get to the quarterback. The Giants don't have that. And the guy that they had two years ago, JPP, they let him go. Last year, who was who teams felt were on the Giants was statistically the best guy, Olivier Vernon, you traded. Lorenzo Carter was a rookie. Yeah, he could develop, but B.J. Hill as a rookie was the guy that was really leading the pass rushing force. You had Josh Allen. Why not get some guys on the defense that could shore up that defense? But then you sit there and say to yourself, when are you going to have another opportunity to be this bad to draft a quarterback? Because let's keep it real. Are you ready to go 1-7 again next year? No. This is where you got to trust management, man. I mean... Did the Giants, I think, in my opinion, the Giants had to draft a player who they felt right now is the second-best quarterback. Because, I mean, you have to sit there and say to yourself, there's no other reason why you would draft this guy. And, I mean, when we talk about the other draft picks in the first round in terms of what the Giants did, I mean, you can't be mad. I mean, at 17, they drafted Dexter Lawrence. I mean, they said this guy's 360 pounds as a freshman in high school. I think I I, I must have read that incorrectly when I was looking at the screen because I'm thinking that had to be in college. But even when it, just think about that. Yeah, you're right. It's 360 pounds in college. Think about that. At 18 years of age, 360 pounds. I mean, are they just putting steaks in a blender and just with mashed potatoes and just like at like when he was an infant, just making him drink that? Three, three, could you imagine that? Oh, man. Like he's not like on some like, yo, we ordered a pie for dinner. No, this is my pie. You guys get your own slices, but this is my pie. Oh, God. But he was on that studly defensive line. And prior to the playoffs where he was suspended for some uh, substance abuse problems where he checked positive for a banned substance, he was actually the number one guy on this defensive line that the Giants, um, that the Clemson had. And when you think about it, Cullen Farrell went fourth. Another player, Christian Wilkins, who I thought the Giants could draft at 17, he was already drafted at 13. So you you figure who many felt during the season was the best player on that defensive line went 17 to the Giants. They got a player right there. And who he snacks. That's who they drafted. They basically just drafted a Snacks replacement. We all know and love Snacks, but we loved how he was able to stop the run. And that's who they got with this player. And then, see, I had a feeling prior to this draft that the Giants were going to trade back into the draft and at the end of the first round, draft Daniel Jones. We're at 30. You could sit there and draft Daniel Jones and say, all right, I'm paying 50000 
for a Honda Accord. I understand it's fully loaded and I might have overpaid, but still, it's a Honda Accord. So they traded back in at 30 and they drafted DeAndre Baker, cornerback out of Georgia. Terrific man-to-man skills. Kirby Smart was the head coach at Georgia, who was the former defensive coordinator at Alabama when they had that killer, I shouldn't say that, when they had all those killer defensive players that are sprinkled around the NFL. And this guy, who many felt was the number one defensive back in this draft, maybe the Giants stole this player and Janoris Jenkins, who knows how much longer he's going to be on the team. Maybe that's his replacement who they took. Like, when you look at DeAndre Baker, and if you would have told me Dexter Lawrence, okay. I mean, I'm happy with that. But it's just the Daniel Jones. Right? As we come to the end of this episode, and I'm sorry if I got emotional because I said I wasn't going to be emotional. Sorry if I'm rambling. I don't mean to ramble. I kind of want to sound coherent when I'm talking to you guys. But we're at the end of this episode where as we do with every episode, I want to give you my positive quote. My positive quote for this episode is, the process of finding truth may not be a process by which we feel increasingly better and better. It may be a process in which we look at things honestly, sincerely, truthfully, and that may or may not be an easy thing to do. Oof. Does that not fit tonight's draft, right? I'm going to say that to you again. The process of finding truth may not be a process by which we feel increasingly better and better. It may be a process in which we look at things honestly, sincerely, truthfully, and that may or may not be an easy thing to do. And that may or may not thing is with that quarterback because he may or may not be the dude. Hopefully he is, but for right now, book is open. As I do, and I always say, thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.